My dad did one of those too. He hid a copy of Goldeneye in the chicken coop in our backyard oh my God. and said that I needed to go check the eggs. Whoa. And then there was a copy of Goldeneye. It really <laughs> makes you sound podunk as fuck, dude. It sure <laughs> does, yeah. Welcome to Video Game Podtimism. Welcome. The Optimist video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. My name is Chase, and today I'm not fucking around. No, you're right into it. My goodness, no banter. No, dude. No banter. I'm done with cold opens. This is a hot open. This is oh, a piping right. hot piping, open. Piping hot open. <laughs> we got lots of lots of fresh pod by the slice that you can get right here. Walk on. Listen, up. this just came out of the oven. Yeah. It's still steaming. It's hot outside and it's still steaming. Mama How Chase has been slaving over this pod for the last five Boops hours. Since four in the morning. You best be eating it while it's hot. Uh, what's what's your name? Uh, my name's David and I'm I'm about to I'm about to tuck into this podcast. Yeah, welcome. Tuck and roll into this <laughs> one. Tuck and roll into it. I uh, I was at your home. I saw the pod chamber <laughs> you, uh, you, over the you weekend. You witnessed it in person. Yeah, the first time I've seen you since <laughs> starting this podcast. Can you fucking believe that? Oh, for real? Yeah, because we started it at the very beginning of 2020. It was right before COVID became a real bummer. But it's been since that long, which is like astounding. It's been a while. That is a significant amount of time. It's and anyway, been a while. I saw I saw the inside of your pod chamber where you record. I smelled inside your pod chamber where you record. What's your uh, What's your review? It's got a musk. It's got It's got a It's got a musk. It's got one. It's pretty small in here. Yeah, it's there's it's de- it's deceivingly tiny. Like it looks like a normal kind of size from my perspective on this here webcam, but me oh my, there's not a lot of room in there. No, there ain't. There ain't. It's pretty. It's pretty teeny tiny. But but you know what work. that means plenty of room to fill it up with podtimism oh yeah as this podcast would suggest <laughs> this is a, a great room to fill up podtimism because it is so small i'm drowning it's not in hard it. i'm drowning yeah. in it by the time the pod is over <laughs> anyway yeah we, we got a lot of fucking video games to talk about today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh why don't we get the fuck right into it uh david have you been playing <laughs> video games get the fuck right into it i know i got i got that in-person energy <laughs> I've been you revitalized. Sure, you sure do. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I've been playing 51 classic uh, uh, clubhouse games. Yeah, worldwide, 51 worldwide classics. Nobody truly knows the name. <laughs> it's just the 51 games game, and people just know what you're talking about. <laughs> clubhouse games TM 51 worldwide classics for the Nintendo Switch is the name of that God, one. that is an awful name. It's pretty. It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's an awful, horrendous name. I think Clubhouse Games would have done just fine. I've, I fifty-one Clubhouse Games. You can keep Something, the fifty-one yeah. because it's if it's evocative to have that higher of a number. Yeah, absolutely. Like fifty-one. Yeah. Why one over fifty? Why that choice? Who knows? Because they had to include piano. Because they had to. That was a weird decision, but yeah, it's been pretty fun. It's yeah. been pretty fun. Um, what inspired you to get this game, David? Uh, Chase Albee did. Mm. We were playing it on his Switch, and Mallory was like, we need this so we can play Yacht Dice. And I was Yacht like, Dice is a pretty good inclusion okay. on there. Yacht Dice is fun. I like shaking the dice with my controller. Mm-hmm. I just wish I could make the dice dump out dump out with the with yeah. the motion controls and make it yep. feel just that little bit more immersive. But mm-hmm. I'm so surprised by the quality of the physics 
and graphics <laughs> randomly in, many in this of game. The games. Yeah, yeah. What was I playing? <laughs> I was playing like the uh, the the falling down game, like the little like uh, triangle circle game, matching colors, like the Tetris type game in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six six ball puzzle. I think it's six ball six ball puzzle. Easy peasy. Three ball puzzle. Yeah, a puzzle game. Um, and I was playing the game. I was playing against the computer, and then I win. And then the bottom of the screen like comes out and all the balls just drop. Drop into the water. Into the water. And the water physics and the way the balls (laughs) drop into it is so impressively good. It's very realistic. Yeah. Very realistic. I'm like, this might be some of the best graphics I've seen on the Switch to be be perfectly Mm -hmm. frank. Yeah. And, you know, it's I think it really pushes it to the limit because I was playing it in handheld mode with Mallory on the couch and that Switch was burning hot. up it was hot, hot to the touch uh so this game is not messing around this game is packing yeah. the heat for certain um <laughs> so so yeah it's been fun i played yacht dice and i played just i just did like a run through of some of the other games yesterday mm-hmm. played some hares and hounds cool lost nice. i have no idea how to be the hounds <laughs> yep it seems hard sure. mm-hmm. i already i one shot mastered shooting great just yeah, went nice. through like nailed every shot mallory was very impressed so, I mean, you're a pro, you're a pro gamer. I was pro, a pro gamer. I, I, I showed out. I showed out real hard. <laughs> um, what else did we? What else did I try yesterday? Uh, the six ball puzzle, fun. You know, yeah. uh, gives me a little anxiety because my eyes aren't so good with colors sometimes, so I get confused uh, yeah. between, especially the blues and the purples in this one, which usually doesn't happen to me. Which yeah. is an interesting development. I'm usually more re- reds and greens, but this mm-hmm. time the blues and the perps getting to me. I'm, they should probably just put like an icon on the balls. They do, but they're hard. Those are hard to see as well. Oh, perfect. Like the contrast between them is still <laughs> not on, like, guys. yeah, it's, it's the contrast isn't high enough between them. So I can't really tell yeah. Yeah. Um, still, which is a bummer, but still fun. Mm-hmm toy tennis fun yeah. i was hoping for more like a wii tennis vibe but yeah not you quite. always do always, always want to always want to recreate the love but the bowling was definitely a wee pretty bowling good vibe. pretty good that is a vibe of a game yeah um the darts were good i enjoyed it you d- definitely mm-hmm. feels like i'm throwing a dart yeah it feels fun sure. mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just a it's it definitely itches that wii sports it's definitely oh scratches that wii sports itch uh, that I haven't had satiated in quite some time, which mm-hmm. brings me to my next question. Nintendo, when's the next Wii Sports coming out? Yeah. Nothing since Wii Sports Resort, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been pretty constrained to the Wii itself. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they had tried a little bit of that with, what is it, 1-2 Switch one, two or whatever? Switch. But I didn't hear super good stuff about that. So I don't know if that yeah. one quite is quite as the vibe. Give me Switch Sports World or something like that. Yeah, I could use something. It like honestly, you just put out the same fucking games. Like it would still be fun. Just yeah, add like a little much. bit. You don't. You just don't have little? to do much to appease me on this one. No, 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 no. Yeah, for sure. And like I, I enjoy a lot of the games that they put on this one, and I like that they do such a good job explaining how to play a lot of them. Like I feel pr- usually pretty prepared if I like watch the tutorial and look at the tips. Yeah. And like that's all like I, I have such a problem learning a new game because it's always so challenging to get a good explanation of how to play something like. Yeah. People are just I feel like inherently not very good at doing that, which is fine. But like explaining it's things, just, uh, explaining games. I think yeah. people oftentimes like don't I at least I don't hear like, OK, here's the point. Here's how you win. I feel like a lot of the times when people are explaining games, they skip right to the metagame where they're like, okay, 
here's chess. Here's the knight. You want to use him like this. Like, no, literally, dude, I need to know what spaces yeah. this thing can move. That is yeah. all I got right now. The best way to do it is just to play a practice round. Yeah. yeah just yeah, like, let's get sure. in. Let's do a turn. We'll just teach you as we go. And that's the, that's the best way to do it. And I think with it being a video game, the constraints around that are really helpful. Like, mm-hmm. If you're taking the chess example, like there's a, if you click on a piece and you're like, okay, I'm going to move this one, it, it shows you all the places you can go mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. like in real world where it's like, okay, I'm going to move the pawn and I'm going to go all the way across the board. No, no, actually, that's not yeah. how this is done. Yeah. Um, and so it sort of constrains you of like, this is how it's going to work. Or even something like Moncala, like mm-hmm. we were playing the other day, like mm-hmm. all you have to do is choose what bucket you want to like pick from and then it just goes around and dumps the little like beads into the... The other little buckets rather than like explaining to you like okay you need to put one here one here one here and yeah. just like just do the part of the game that you need to do and then we'll take care of the rest yeah i like that but then there's some games that i don't like that for and mm-hmm. i'm wondering if i can turn off like some of the on rails aspect of it because like i was playing dominoes i'm like part of the what makes dominoes a skill-based game is like finding the move and like mm-hmm. doing the calculations in your head yeah i feel and I, it, yeah. it just does that all for you sure um yeah. Um, I understand why they do that just to make it sure. easy, but mm-hmm. maybe it does not, doesn't quite give you the same, the same experience, but sure. I think I could probably turn those off, but we'll see. Yeah. But otherwise very fun game. Enjoy Good it. Good game. Yeah. Good game to play with other folks and just mm-hmm. kind of sit around and play, you know, pretty fairly simple games that are engaging. Yeah, for sure. Um, so fun. Good time. Good time had by one and all. Truly. Nice. Sick. Let's see what else I play. I played some Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Yes, we did. Online, in fact. we did. Yeah, uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun little shooter. You know, it doesn't reinvent anything, but it's Mm-mm. solid. Yeah, no, I had a good time too. I I played a lot of. I think it was like Modern Warfare One and Two when that was out online. That mm-hmm. was like. I th- I had played a pretty significant amount of Halo online. I think this was kind of the second game that I was like, okay, I'm I'm in for this one. And this one definitely like has a similar vibe to it. It, it just feels very good. It controls very well. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it it has good game feel. And I know that's a that's a very squishy description, but um, it it does feel quite good to just yeah. play the video game. The aiming feels snappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movement feels fair and quick but also not yeah. like you're just floating around the map you still feels like you have some heft to yourself which is kind of mm-hmm. nice it makes you feel mm-hmm. like a little soldier boy yeah strong soldier boy and i i do like the overwatchification of it mm. mm-hmm. where you have a bunch of different unique heroes essentially but classes in the yeah. game that have special powers and ultimates and uh, yeah, it just makes it just makes a, the game more interesting when it's not just everybody's the same with just like a different hat or yeah, like yeah. a different uh, loadout because you got the rank of sergeant and you just have a better mm-hmm. gun now. Which I'm sure there's still like an element of that in there, but it it, it it just feels like you can play the game in much more different ways when you have mm-hmm. these very different abilities between different characters. Yeah, for sure. So I like that they that they've kind of taken that and that's becoming more of a thing in the genre because I think it's just more fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we also played a lot of Super <laughs> Smash Brothers Ultimate. I was going to bring this up in a bit as well. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. Yeah. It was so good. It's a very good video game, that Smash Brothers. Oh, it really, we were both talking about it before the podcast, and we're just like, it awakened the bloodlust in both of us. <laughs> yeah. Of just needing to smash. Like, I haven't had a Smash Bros 
get together like that and oh god three years yeah a minute me neither Ooh, like man it's been so long but it got the jimmies rustled <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah quite uh quite significantly quite significant wrestling of the jimmies with that game i, I think it's fun because you and i n- neither of us usually run away with it which mm-hmm. is pretty fun like it's always like at least a little bit competitive, even if one of us is doing like clearly better. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to do it that way because like it always feels like you're either snatching defeat from the jaws of victory or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like it's just always fun. I, I love the I, I love Smash Brothers, dude. It's so, so good. good. I play. Yeah. Got to play all the new heroes. Hadn't touched yeah. like a lot of those guys yet. So that was fun. that was cool to just to kind of go and experiment and see what's up. That was yeah, I I actually loved that. Like there was a pretty significant amount of characters that I just like straight up haven't played. Yeah, um, like nine of them. I feel mm-hmm. like like I I haven't played back so far as like Banjo Kazooie, which I think is like I think he's been out for a while. He has been. <laughs> yeah, and so like. Uh, it was it was pretty fun, like just booting up one of those characters and being like, "All right, I'm gonna try and figure this out real quick," mm-hmm. and like having the base of knowledge of like I've played a pretty significant amount of Smash at this point, and so exploring a new character is always really fun because there's like little intricacies that you can dig into and be like, "Oh, this character does this," or "What was it when you were playing Sephiroth or whatever, and you were figuring out that like side B, the like snap he does, mm-hmm. where he like." targets you with these like magic attacks that will hit you eventually mm-hmm. um and i didn't know that you could do it like three times and then you had like yeah. stumbled into that and i'm like yeah. oh fuck like, just that's charge pretty it impressive up. actually yeah and like everything that's going on with hero oh my from god dragon dude, I, quest i i didn't even scratch the surface of hero i have no idea what's going on i'm there. so confused once again this is a video <laughs> yeah. game boomer moment i'm just like how do i how do i interact with you he's fun though yeah. It's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, definitely. I think I liked Byleth out of the out of that group of people the most. Mm. They just like they had so many different kinds of attacks. Not to mention that like they added a bunch of attacks that like represented the three sort of like head characters mm-hmm. in three houses that I was just like, oh, that's great. That's really fun. So I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. All about that. Um are those all the games you're playing? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You just want to be a little dramatic with it. Yes. <laughs> you know me. I'm drama, I do drama king. You. Great. Cool. Cool games. All right. So uh, what's your optimistic thing of the week? <laughs> no. No. I got video games too. Wait. Are we doing good games? Is that what you mean? David. Are we moving on? I got some video games I need to tell you about. All right. Let's hear it. What, are your game? what games have you been playing? <laughs> Don't uh, don't you fuck with me. Don't you I got some games to talk about. I wanna talk about video games too. Um <laughs> I have been playing four. Four video games of note. Oh, okay. The first is called Dusk. It is a I play I showed you a little bit of this, like I think it was last week on the mm-hmm. pod. Mm-hmm. I was like playing it before we started. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like this uh retro style first person shooter that came out in like twenty eighteen. It draws a lot on the like kind of I, I presume like Half Life and Doom almost it feels like sort of an amalgamation of both of those. Mm-hmm. I, I've sort of been like on the sidelines interested in this genre for a little for a little while. Like I just didn't know very much about it, but saw that these kind of games were coming out in this like retro shooter genre where uh, they're purposefully trying to I wouldn't say emulate, but maybe embody the style of a shooter from like essentially like i think the 90s is probably the closest thing 90s early 2000s yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. where they're like pretty low-fi graphics Mm -hmm. going on and the the shooting is pretty fast like you're moving fast as a character and shooting pretty quickly 
and uh it's it's pretty good so far like i'm i will say that like i i have a fair enough experience with doom and doom 2 but like other than that a lot of those early shooters i was just barely too young to have a ton of experience with mm-hmm. i've played half-life and i've played quake and all that sort of stuff after the fact but that was sort of after um a lot of stuff had kind of already come and gone as far as like game design trends and like what was hot at the time and so it didn't hit me quite as hard as i think it did a lot of people like if i was probably just like a few years older i think like quake would have been a very big deal to me at the time but like my dad played doom and so i I also played a lot of doom as a result but anyway i i uh this this game is like it's i think it's embodying those kinds of games pretty well just from my limited exposure to it it uh i I found this kind of interesting but it the developer david uh i think his name is uh last name is sismangst just one guy i i think it's mostly by one person yeah this i i found his like sort of road to building this game pretty interesting he like began drafting work on this game essentially back in the early 2000s like way back when he was sort of tinkering around with making this but he had a uh like an underpowered computer mm-hmm. like didn't have a lot of like uh graphical power to like run the flashiest thing right like mm-hmm. crisis was out of his range at that oh, point yeah and so he uh it i think i read in a wiki article that like he had played a lot of just like half-life and doom as a result and quake and shit and so he still wanted to make games and so just ended up making a game that was representative of those games rather than like you know the flashier newer stuff makes sense i find that very charming and like (laughs) almost punk rock in a way in a way that's not a bummer like he's like i don't really have the power to do that so i'm still gonna make a cool game but it's just gonna be with the stuff that i like rather than reaching for something that's like very popular and i i, I kind of love that that's that's very cool mm-hmm. so yeah i i think the game does like a really good job not like referencing the tropes of the series sure like you see this a little bit with games that are throwbacks where they'll like almost be kind of ironic in the way that they in, are in inhibiting the genre that they're in it's like a wink wink kind of thing very much yeah like winking at the camera like you know you're playing this kind of game and like I, I, I won't say that I don't enjoy that sometimes. Like, there's definitely a time and place where, like, the sort of irony of being a throwback game isn't lost on me. And I think that is kind of fun. But mm-hmm. the game doesn't really do that. It's very earnest in the way that it's, like, putting forth the the game design that it's, that it's using. Like, it's, it's very much a game that feels out of that era in a way that isn't it isn't a throwback in like a totally uh terrible way like it doesn't feel like a 1990s game but it also doesn't feel like a 2021 game in the way that it's like we're just gonna lean on whatever whatever happened in the past and that's kind of gonna be what we base our game around it it just feels like a very earnest earnest effort in making this game and i I appreciate Mm -hmm. it a lot the uh the level design for me personally is kind of challenging (laughs) okay optimistically the sort of it's like so uh it's I, I was reading about this and the game de- game developer had said like I wanted to make levels that were very uh, representative of like Doom and Quake and a lot of what those levels leaned on was this like non-linearity where there's like kind of a big map mm-hmm. uh, there's like a bunch of different doors that have certain keys that you unlock to like sort of go through and so it's this process of like pinging back and forth from like just checking okay I can't go through this door yet I can't go through this door yet where can I go you'll find a spot and you'll go through there fight a bunch of enemies and like find a key to one of the other doors and sort of just like wander around this like space until you're able to get to the end Mm -hmm. i i think that like they do a very good job of uh making making a go at like making levels like that i just get lost really easily and so like i'll like be wandering around a level and just be like wait where the fuck am i 
like where was I supposed to go and like where am I supposed to be going and all that sort of shit and so mm-hmm. I think to, like just for me personally the level design is a little bit challenging in the way that Doom is like there's plenty of Doom levels where I'll like get halfway through and be like where am I supposed to go right now <laughs> I have no idea mm, um, been there it's always yeah, frustrating it's it's an interesting challenge and like I, I get that that's probably the point is to be a little lost and to not know exactly where to go mm-hmm. and like that never lasts for that long it, it's not a game breaking experience it's just like like I personally have a hard time tracking digital space in a way that I can sort of like know where I am at all times. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it's just like for me, for like my own tasting games, I would love some one of those like little things where you, you know, ping, you put, you push up on the D pad and it gives you a little red dot where so it's it like, shows you where to go. go. Yeah. Go over here. <laughs> Just, just, a, just a little cue, a little something. Yeah, and like obviously that's hard to do in a game that is non-linear in a mm-hmm. way where like you know you, you have to essentially program go to key, go back to door, go to next key, go back to door. So all, all that's interesting. I also find the vibe just like really fun. It's it, you like plop down into this place. I think it's supposed to be in like Pennsylvania, and there's like all these cultists and shit like that. Huh? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it said like it's it's around there somewhere. And Hellhole, um, Pennsylvania. Pretty much. No, like there's a lot of like like devilry going on. Um, <laughs> and that's really fun. Uh, I always find those kind of games that are like invoking the like spookier parts of Christianity kind of mm-hmm, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, you eventually come upon the like quarantined town of Dusk, which is it's it's just phenomenal. It's good stuff. I think there's like some some Lovecraftian shit going on in there. That's that's pretty fun. Mm. There's some old gods floating around. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see like where where the genre goes. I, I'm kind of trying to like get get into this sort of genre these like throwback shooters and i i figured that this would be a good place to start it was pointed to as like this is one of the best ones and it was also sort of the start of this revival so give it a look which which i did and i'm pleased that i did oh yeah the next game that i've been playing it's called the forgotten city Ooh, i showed this, this to you yeah, yeah um this is a game two things it started off as a mod for skyrim which I was uh, pretty pretty charmed by, and you can feel the DNA when you're playing. Oh yeah, like it does a it does a lot of the Skyrim stuff of mm-hmm. like like quasi borders, quasi bordering cheesy dialogue, characters that are very odd that like zoom into someone's the zoom face into someone's when they face. start talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's so classic. Funny. Um, it, it's just it it feels very like it is inhabited by the spirit of a Bethesda game, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Like having loved all of those games. Um, good games. This was a recommendation again from the into the Aether dudes. Mm. Um, go listen to their podcast. They had, I think it was like a week or two, probably two at this point. Once you're listening to this listener, they were like, Hey, you should play this video game. We can't say anything else, but you should play it. And so I'm probably going to uh, echo the same sentiment. If you want mm-hmm. probably a better explanation of it, you should go listen to their show. I think it was, it's probably going to be two episodes ago at this point, but give it a look. I, I think they do a pretty good job of explaining it because it is a spoiler heavy video game. Like mm. there's a lot of stuff that you can get in there and just like accidentally spoil most of the game. Mm. It's not very long. It's probably like four to five hours, like a very concise experience. Mm. Would highly recommend going in totally blind. It's really, really fun and really satisfying. I've I beat it yesterday um, and just had such a good time with it. It's such a good and charming video game. Does it, it, it accomplishes seemingly exactly what it intends to do at the beginning. It, it does a really good job of sort of presenting a mystery to you and being like, unravel it, figure it out. Figure, figure it out. I think games purport to do that very often. 
And it's a really hard thing to do, like mystery in a video game. I think that often comes down to just like walk from one waypoint to the next and be given story, like be given narrative rather than like being given a small little world to go and talk to all these characters and figure out like, okay, what do I need to do given all the information that I've just got to essentially get to the next step to like unravel what's going on? It's just a very good video game in like narrative design. Mm -hmm. Okay. You looked like you had some sort of quandary over there. I I was just remembering... The, the Garen character, fondly. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, God, what's his name? Garrus? Um, Garius? No, it's like D- Dominius. I think it's Dominius. Dominius? Um, he's, like the, he's like the very first character that shows up in the game um, once you like enter the main sort of loop of the video game. Mm-hmm. And he's just such a nice guy. He's like the actual, he's like the Samwise of this video game, like the actual, <laughs> the actual hero. hero of it. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh... Nope, won't give anything away. <laughs> if if, you, if this sounds good, uh, uh, one, go listen to into, into the Aether's description of it. B, go play the video game. Yeah, check the trail. Uh, the the trailer is pretty good. Yeah, I think it. The game. I, honestly, I didn't watch the trailer, and I like it's almost more exciting if you don't. Okay. It's only twenty bucks. Like it's not that big of a deal. It ain't that much. Yeah, no. Like I I, I think if you are interested in indie games and interested in uh, narrative designed games i think this is a really good one a a side note too voice acting fucking phenomenal out of nowhere like (laughs) i feel like that is not the norm in video games usually you get good narrative design and bad voice acting yeah you can choose (laughs) one quite bad yeah you get three prongs either good good game feel good narrative or good voice acting you cannot have all three Mm -hmm. the the combat's a little rough in this one so maybe they didn't but um it's it's not very much of the game so like who the fuck cares it's really good genuinely if 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 you're interested you should play it the third game that i'm playing Mm -hmm. it's called jupiter hell oh that's a top-down game right yes i think i saw this you may have it is uh this game made by this company called chaos forge it started off as this doom mod called doom rl real life i actually don't know if that's what it stands for i just wrote down doom rl Hmm. it could be doom righteous locks righteous locks it could be doom righteous locks that's a distinct possibility it's a pretty cool game i mean it's pretty much just like uh oh what's that jack black game brutal legend brutal legend righteous locks it's kind of like right that's kind of like doom righteous locks (laughs) right it's almost there it's almost there Anyways, continue. Uh, yeah, so this, uh, like you were saying, it's like this top-down kind of strategy game, kind of RPG. It's it's interesting. So it's essentially this like roguelike where you're this dude traversing like a spaceship that's like gone to hell. Essentially, like shit has gone haywire. Mm-hmm. And the way that the game actually plays out is that it is based on a grid, right? So like each little like place in the ship is one square on the grid, uh, and you can move and you know up, down, left, right, any of those. Uh, you can take an action on like at any point, like reloading is an action, mm-hmm. uh, changing your weapons is an action, healing yourself is an action. Uh, you can just wait. That's a possibility. And so the way the game works is that like each one of these actions click through a certain amount of time. And as you're doing that, your enemies also get to take actions at the same time. And so uh, I think like a, a, maybe an easier way to understand this is it's kind of like super hot. Do you know that first person shooter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where like the game stops the moment that you stop? Yeah. And so it only progresses the moment that you move. And it's similar in that way where, you know, when you shoot at somebody, uh, more monsters will come at you and then you can shoot and more will come or you can run and they will shoot at you or you'll reload and they get a little closer and like all that sort of stuff. And so 
while it can be played fairly actively, it is definitely like a strategy game in that you kind of have to be planning your moves ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so like kind of a novel game in that way. I was, I was kind of surprised at how I haven't really run into something exactly like that before in the way that it plays with time. Interesting gameplay mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised by that. I think roguelikes oftentimes end up being like 2D fighter like action fighter kind of games. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting p- to play one that's a little bit more based on uh, like strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, it is very hard, this video game. Uh-huh. It uh, doesn't have the typical sort of like meta progression stuff that I tend to reach for whenever I play roguelikes that generally hook me into roguelikes. You play one run through and you die and you start over at the beginning with really nothing mm-hmm. um, from your previous run, um, which I think roguelike enthusiast and people very attached to the definition of a roguelike will be pleased with but Mm -hmm. for me personally i kind of like being able to play the game and sort of grind away with the like meta progression until i can beat the game and so that part of it is a little bit challenging for me just because i'm like i don't feel like i'm getting much better at this video game yeah (laughs) Um, you're just you're just still not good at it i think so and like it is very hard so there is that i am sure that people who are very good at roguelikes or just very good at video games are probably like, well, you're just not getting good because you're not trying hard enough, which is possible. That mm-hmm. is a distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do like my roguelikes with a side of progression so that like there, there's a world for me. I don't necessarily have to be Dark Souls good at a video game to beat it. Yeah. I can kind of just like poke at it and get better. Like the last spell. Mm. It, there's a lot of progression that you can do there to the point where like you just get you, you get better just by playing it. Even if it is skill-based or progression-based, I think either one works. But uh, I, yeah, I think like overall this game is still like really neat and a really cool experiment in game design. Obviously, it feels like very, very doomy because like it's very based on that. The character design, the sort of like level design, the the setting, the monsters, like it's all very, very doom-based. And I like that's that's cool with me, like doom. So not a problem for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, like graphical style I find really fun. It, uh, by default, applies a sort of curve around the edges of the screen, and so it simulates uh, this video game being on, like, a CRT television. Ooh. The, <laughs> the sides of the TV it's are It's a curved. different level of spooky at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels a little bit like a cursed video game, <laughs> which you know I love. You and do, also, you do love that. It is August. October's coming, David. Spooky season's coming back out. to get spooky out. again? We rolled out the black carpet for, for spooky season last <laughs> year. We did four episodes of spooky. <laughs> seriously huh? at the end of october i was like what did we just do that felt like like way too much this is our thing we're all about the spooks i think it is it's really fun i don't know just video games and like halloween go go together like sora and riku man it's just mm, it's nice the riku the riku it's <laughs> another riku <laughs> um so anyway sorry, yeah this sorry no, no you're good you're good man <laughs> so this this game is good um i think if if you're interested in roguelikes and you're a genre purist, this game will be very good for you. I sort of bump up against some of it, but I also love other parts of it. And so I I, I, I think it's a good video game. I enjoyed it. Cool. And I'll probably keep playing. It's it's still pretty enjoyable. Nice. The final story, or the final game that I've been playing, spoiler alert. Story. Garden Story. Garden Story, David. yeah. I've been playing a fair amount of Garden Story nice. in the past couple of days even. Mm-hmm. As we were saying before, I went to your your house. You did recently. You did, which meant that uh, there was a pretty fair amount of time sitting at an airport, uh, uh-huh. sitting on a plane, yep. and then also while you were at work, 
uh, docking my Switch and booting up whatever was on there, which happened to be Garden Story. Garden Stories. This is a good video game. Garden Story, this this video game. <laughs> um, Chase is moving his hand like he's Don Corleone. Yeah. This is I felt a good like video it. I was game. Really, this, is a, this is a good video game. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a very good Godfather impersonator, so I, I apologize all the Godfather heads. So this game... It came out recently. It was like one of the like shadow drops from that recent Nintendo Direct, the mm-hmm. like indie direct that mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. Which God, I just I love it when they do that. I love it when indie directs are like, hey, this is out right now. They had some good indie games that came out. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention Monster Trains coming out on Switch, and I'm foolishly, perhaps not, but foolishly going to be playing it on a third system. Very excited. Which ones have you played it on so far? PC, Xbox Game Pass, and now Switch, my friend. <laughs> Why, why did you play it on Xbox? It was there. Monster Train's good. <laughs> I just want to play it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so Garden Story. It dropped. It's sort of like Shadow Drop. They're just like, hey, it's out today. Um, I think that was like kind of middle of last week. So picked it up, uh, started playing it, and this game fucking rules. It's a good video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is set in this like world where uh, you play as this little grape called Concord. Cute. Cute, very cute. You can put them in little hats and backpacks, and it's just the fucking best. And you start out in this little area called Kindergarten. Uh, it's like a part of the grove that you live in. Kindergarten? Yeah. Whoa. No, it's very good. That's it's good. very good. The, the naming in this game is, is phenomenal. All of the characters like are, are based on like different kinds of fruit, and it's all, it's all just very good. So you start out, and like you're kind of just watering your plants. The like setup is that you're trying to water this vine, and it never grows. Like it, it always seems nourished, but it's never, it's never growing. Mm. And, uh, the guardian of, I think it's like the spring, spring grove area in this world, like shows up, their name is Plum and the, they show up and they're like, Hey, um, I need your help Concord. And I need you to come like maybe be a guardian of this like spring, spring area that I'm, that I'm currently the guardian of. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, the game loop starts starts very, uh, almost nonchalantly. It's just kind of like, hey, you're the Guardian now. And it's it almost sneaks in. And it starts out, like, kind of like a Zelda game mm-hmm. where the, the combat's very Zelda. You get a little sword and you're wandering around and, like, you're given these, like, daily tasks that you have to accomplish of, like, um, we need you to go gather, like, three yep. little bits of sap from a tree. This is Chase's favorite thing. Love that. Love a, love a good daily daily task question <laughs> that, like, <laughs> I have to go do, I can see what it's done, and then I can uh, go to bed as a little grape. Um, his, like, go to bed animation is just, it's something else. He, like, it's just tucks good. his arms and legs into his body and, like, closes his eyes on this big leaf that he sleeps on. Mm-hmm. Good God, dude. It's so good. It's well, well-made animation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very charming. And so it pulls you in that way. It's it's very Zelda in the beginning. Like you get these quests of like, hey, we need to go, you know, into this library and defeat some sort of like worm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sort of pulling you along with kind of standard uh, top down 2D shit that like is good on its own. Like I was already like, yeah, no, I'm here for this. It's very fun. The The game sort of works on this like not day night cycle, but almost like Stardew cycle where like mm-hmm. Stardew Valley cycle where it's a daily thing uh you'll like have a certain amount of tasks that you do and eventually you'll have to go back to bed um to close out the day and start the next Mm -hmm. and and so it sort of functions in that way that's like the the like mechanical constraint of the video game yeah uh, which is good i i enjoy that in stardew and i enjoy it here i think it works pretty well Mm -hmm. and uh what's uh kind of wild about this game is like the narrative like sneaks in eventually Mm. and it's so fucking good 
it, like I, I don't want to spoil too much and like really give too much away because this game is very new and I think it's worth playing. Mm-hmm. But like there's some really heavy stuff going on uh, in there and like oh. in sort of a personal way, although that is there. But it's like talking about stuff like environmental destruction and like mm. places being destroyed and your home going away and shit like that. Ooh. Essentially, the setup, I, this is pretty early in the game, is that there used to be a lot of guardians and they have like fled essentially. And so there's very few people who are trying to defend this place from the the encroaching rot, which is like, yeah, it's like there there used to be this huge tree that like everybody drew power from. It's like where their mana came from. And eventually it got taken over by the rot. Uh, And it's sort of, you know, inferred in the beginning, you see kind of an outline of the tree and you're given some dialogue. And so it's kind of suggested like it's talking to you. Mm -hmm. And so all that's there. And it's, I think, Again, I, w- I won't go into super heavy details, but like the the characters are written in a way where they talk about this stuff in kind of a simplistic narrative, but it, it sort of becomes clear that they're trying to put on a brave face mm. in like a very fucked up world in a place that is very challenging for them to exist in, mm. just like emotionally, which oh. uh, feels a little Damn. familiar. Mm-hmm. like the the environment's fucked and it's hard to be oh, here and no. like <laughs> yeah but i i really love the uh the game sort of like almost gritty optimism that it's trying the to gritty put forth optimism yeah like it's it's this sort of like things are really hard and this is really fucked and we're gonna figure out a way through it even if it is really hard it's not everything's gonna be okay it's we're gonna make it work mm-hmm and I find that really endearing and like something that's kind of hard to embody in real life, let alone like explain in a video game and like where they're not just telling you this is what we're trying to do. It's through the dialogue of these characters that it's like obvious what's happening, right? Like, you know, you eventually talk to people that it's like it, the the state of the world is clearly taking a toll on them. And like the relationships between these villages is like broken and not what it was at some point because of the state of the world. Mm-hmm. And like people who were once close to each other are no longer close to each other because Ooh. of the state of the world, like all this sort of stuff. Bummer. And like it's it's presented in this like very chipper and like kind of like shiny package of like the music's always happy go lucky. Mm-hmm. The world is always very bright and shiny. You're still playing as this cute little grape. Mm-hmm. But they like kind of sneak in this really intense and effective narrative that I was like not expecting the to juxtaposition. Experience. Yeah, no, definitely Classic. the contrast. Like those those two things next to each other are a very interesting combo that I think like is pretty effective. I it it it, it feels pretty effective when like a major story beat happens and a character just sort of drops something as like mm-hmm. a matter of fact hmm. because they've been dealing with it for a long time. Gotcha. But you as a character are just like, oh my God, like that's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I find it fucking good. Not to mention like it's a good video game. Like it just feels good to play. Like the mm-hmm. combat's really good. The structure of it's really fun. Like being able to do these sort of dailies over and over again and like your village level kind of creeps up a little bit so you can get better upgrades for your weapons and your tools and, uh, you know, you eventually unlock how to like farm and grow shit and sell Mm. stuff and so like there's all there's a bunch of different mechanical hooks that they pull in eventually it it feels weirdly like a much larger sophisticated 3d game that got like a d make into this Hmm. and i i don't mean that in a bad way just like there's a lot of shit going on under the hood that feels very sophisticated but again it's presented in such like a 
it's just a happy-go-lucky indie game. Nothing's going on here. But like, sure. it's it's almost sneaky in how much both narrative and mechanical depth there is in this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like enamored with this game. I'm I've made it to the fourth village today. Oh, I, I think along. I'm scooting along. I suspect I'm probably not super far from the end of the game, but it's good. Like again, if you're into kind of the Zelda combat, if you're into these like kind of environmental tales, mm-hmm. maybe pick it up. It's also um, it reminds me a lot of Chicory the a colorful tale from sure a couple of episodes ago like it has a sort of similar energy of characters being written in a way that's like a little bit more complex despite the fact that like it's just 2d text and like it's not always the most like eloquent like literal verbiage but the way that they're telling it i think is really effective and really mm. like mature in a way that isn't just like maturity in the sense of like blood and guts and boobs or something like blood and guts and boobs that's usually what it ends up being in video games you know like when somebody says like this is a mature video game it's usually like nudity I mean, or gore. That's like what Prince of Persia did when they did Warrior Within, right? <laughs> yeah. Back when everyone Let's did their gritty, their gritty uh, uh, re- <laughs> remakes. Phase. Yeah, their edgy phase. <laughs> He's got eyeliner now, my God. This Prince of Persia loves, uh, I guess, Taking Back Sunday. I'm an emo. I should know this. Mm-hmm. Yellow card, Fallout, <laughs> Fallout Boy. Uh Yes. My Chemical yes. Romance. That's the big one. There you one, go. Right? That's a big one. There you go. Who else is there, Chase? I think Under Oath is a fun one to point to. You got your Taking Back Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe from first to last, that might be a good one. What's Silverstein. That's good. Oh, gosh. There's so many that I didn't know of. My man, there is a whole world. Is, is that still popular? Is Not Evo really. coming back? Um, uh, Sort of. This is a whole fucking thing. <laughs> we, whole I don't know thing. if we need to open this can of worms. It's a whole there's thing. Like, there's like... Uh, TikToks of people being like, I was born in the wrong generation and like showing pictures of emos from like 2004. Oh no. I'm like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> Why? Because they're like, oh, I wish I would was able to like hang out when like being emo was popular. So weird. <laughs> it's so, so weird. weird. My poor bones. It wasn't that um, cool, guys. It wasn't that cool. Uh, trust speaking us. As, as being there, trust, it was not that us. tight. Anyway, uh, Garden Story Good is the 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 end of that segment. Cool. This will bring me to my optimistic thing of the week, David. Uh-huh. It is the broad-based appeal of Super Smash Brothers. Oh. <laughs> Bringing it back, my my uh, optimistic thing was just Smash Bros. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's so talk let's, about let's, that. I, I think let's this, double down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is this the first time that we've both had the same optimistic? I think thing? so. It, I think in the history of the show, this is the first one. I mean, it makes sense. We were just together. Yeah, it's it, we've had a similar experience. We were, we're synced up. <laughs> this game rules. Smash Brothers is really good. It's so good. I love it. It's always been so fun. The. Uh, I think it was so like when Smash Bros. 64 came out, it was like pretty hard to get a hold of. Like mm-hmm. games were still selling out pretty regularly, mm. which sucked. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if my mom was able to find like a copy or like a, a, a version of it at Hollywood video. Yeah. But she had like stuffed it under the seat when she picked me up from like third fucking grade or whatever Ooh, it was. It's, it's been so it's a powerful mom play. Absolutely. No, she did a few of those. My dad did one of those too. He hid a copy of Goldeneye in the chicken coop in our backyard oh my God. and said that I needed to go check the eggs. Whoa. And then there was a copy of Goldeneye. Amongst the chicken eggs, my God. That really makes Nestled. you sound podunk as fuck, dude. It sure <laughs> does, yeah. My pa told me to go check the chicken eggs. And guess what was lame betwixt a few eggs, nothing other than the face of Pierce Brosnan. Um, Turning into a Southern gentleman. I don't know where that went. It was was pretty Um, good. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Wait, can I tell you my uh, story of one one time my dad did that? Yeah, no, please. 
do it. Halo 2 came out and he went to a mm-hmm. midnight release and then I woke up and it was right oh. on my bedside table sitting right there. Papa, papa. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you, dad. Um, anyways, continue. Anyways, uh, my mom had like got me a copy of this and I just like devoured this video game. And oh, yeah. that's been kind of the story of nearly every Smash Bros release mm-hmm. since then was just like, it's so much fun. So many people like it too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you go into a room of like, you know, your average person and say, hey, who in here knows and loves Tekken? There's like maybe one out of a hundred, a thousand. I don't know. Not very many. <laughs> knows it and loves it? That's the big question the for thing. Tekken yeah, and like, other fighting games. S- somebody might be like, uh, Tekken Tag was okay, but like that was all mm. I really played. But like, you know, take any fighting game. Like maybe Soul Calibur has a higher number, yeah. or like, you know, Marvel versus Capcom or something. Mm-hmm. But like you walk Street into a fighter. room and you're like, Street Fighter, sure, yeah. But you walk into a room and you say, hey, does anybody here like Smash Brothers? You'll get a lot of fucking hands yeah. of people who are not necessarily like video gamers. And you'll you know? get like a lot of emphatic like hell yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I will smash. It's like, it's just the perfect combo of like competitive and fun and uh, it like draws people in who like maybe aren't necessarily like super good at it, but you can get in there and kind of get in the mix, you know, mm-hmm. like. You can do a couple you can go of go muck some stuff up. Yeah, for sure. And that feels great. Mm-hmm. Like I know people who are like, I'm really not good at these video games, but I sure do like just like pressing down B as Kirby from very high up on the stage. It's pretty and causing fun. Causing a ruckus. It's causing fun. a ruckus is fun. It is fun to cause a ruckus. It really is. Um so yeah, I I uh I, I love this video game. It's very good. I had a very good time playing it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like just the the fun of a 4v4 match coming down to one-on-one and suddenly you're like you got to put your game face the battle it's the melee turns into the into the the (laughs) 1v1 yeah it's phenomenal and like it's it's true of every single one of those video games i've had such a good time with every single smash brothers i was never like wave dashing good at melee but i played a lot of it with my friends Mm -hmm. played a significant amount of brawl played i think probably the the most that i was playing it and very intensely was probably uh four I remember playing four, just like incessantly, constantly playing four, trying to like actually get good. Yep. And then ultimate, I, I've I've not played nearly as much of as the other ones, but yep. it's still just like fucking good. I played still a fun. lot of Smash Four. Like yeah, like right when it came it. out, that was a whole thing. It was like it was an event when the when just the demo came out on the 3DS. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone yeah. was like, "Let's we are playing this game all night." Yeah just the demo (laughs) picking apart every character we can play right now yeah it's great it's like so good it allows you to speak the language very quickly i feel like like it is a very Mm. odd game and it does take a second to understand like why do i press up and b or up and a and when do i do that but Mm -hmm. essentially when you learn one character it's so satisfying that that starts to translate to every other character yep rather than like you know ryu plays entirely different than zangief and uh, street fighter right like yeah. there's some a little bit of shared stuff and like the kick and the punch are the same button but like to be good with those characters you really have to know how each one functions but like yeah most characters in smash if you press up b you're gonna be able to get back to the stage yep a lot of them if you press down a in the air might do a spiking move to mm-hmm. like throw someone down below the stage and like the the way that it teaches you how to just like read the game is so satisfying it makes the game it makes playing the game so much fun yeah, and Chase, whenever he gets a spike on somebody, oh he becomes the happiest little <laughs> shithead in the world. 
it's really satisfying i sure do love getting a spike it's like the best part you love it you love it so much it's very beautiful to see i try not to make like the worst deal out of it but i can't my face i think usually tells a pretty rough story not feel just so happy with yourself that you just did that (laughs) yes but that's that's just smash in general yeah it's just unbridled joy the, the the ability to like style on people too is just so much fun <laughs> like, <laughs> like the one time that you land a falcon punch in like three or four hours of playing it mm-hmm. is just like you ascend to heaven for a moment <laughs> yes, it's true dude. i think i got you with a, a falcon knee the other day and he just yeah. like killed you right there it evaporated yeah it's yeah. <laughs> just like oh because it just like stops the game for that brief second yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like oh god so good they've got a great game feel sure does yeah i love playing smash brothers like i i I didn't really know any of the people that uh we were hanging out with the other day because they're all like your ot college friends Mm -hmm. but it sure is easy to hang out with people Mm -hmm. uh when you're all playing smash bros like yeah you don't necessarily have something to talk about you're kind of just fucking around and like i I know this is going to sound cheesy but you kind of get to know somebody based on like who are they picking how are they playing like what are they doing Mm -hmm. are they a good sport are they not a good sport like all that sort of shit yeah you learn quick which is satisfying i i always have like a pretty significant amount of respect for somebody who uh even when they get their ass kicked they're like that was good i like that i had fun Mm -hmm. like it it shows a certain amount of like i'm just here for funsies i'm like that's that's the spirit of smash bros dude i'm just here for funsies the smash bros story (laughs) yeah yeah smash bros good name of the name of the game great game uh do you want to move on to our main thing dude let's do it So, so it's good games. It's it's back. It's good games. Uh, it's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear, uh, and gosh, all the things that we love about them. Mm-hmm. Concise, plain, easy, simple, and clean. Um, <laughs> I have. I, I realized the other day when I was editing the last episode that I have downloaded simple and clean like no less than four or five times for this podcast just Just like keep it i need like this little bit of the song (laughs) well last time it was the karaoke version because i didn't want the actual lyrics i just wanted the backing track damn you've downloaded four (laughs) separate versions of the song there's like an acoustic version there's like the actual like wow like techno version that was in the intro dang it's a lot of simple it's it is not simple but it is very clean Hmm. you don't (laughs) say (laughs) <laughs> dirty and clean dirty complicated, complicated and, clean. and clean actually yeah that's it complicated and clean complicated <laughs> and clean sorry my daddy hid golden eye and chicken coop for me <laughs> sorry continue I have, a, I have a weird history when it's said it like plainly like that it's so strange it sounds so weird it makes you sound like you grew up in like arkansas or something not we but grew up in the same arkansas. place or just like Fresno or something. I don't know. It sounds very rural. You grew up on Gun Road. I did grow up on Gun, Gun Road. With two ends. So it makes it sound less like a weapon and more like maybe a historical figure that I don't know. Or just like somebody misspelled gun. It was the founder of Carmichael. Mm. Joseph John Carmichael. Joseph, he's misspelled gun? Yes. Oh. He said, I would like to name a street after a weapon and then misspelled gun because he never learned how to read. Hmm. Too busy shooting. Too busy shooting the turkeys and Carmichael. <laughs> Those damn turkeys. Joseph John Carmichael sucks. I don't, I don't, I don't like our founder. Huh? Okay, so normally we do games that are okay. Every now and then we'll do 
a really good game. And today we are going to do a really good game instead of an okay game. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, just every now and then it's really, it's nice to kind of treat ourselves and just be optimistic. that's about a game that is not hard to be optimistic mm-hmm. about. Um, we're going to be talking about a game called Beautiful Joe. You played this game, right? Oh, I, yeah. I, I feel like I, I have memories of watching you play it. I played one and two. What is this sort of like chess dance that you're doing right now? Just getting beautiful. <laughs> Hench and a go-go, baby. <laughs> Hench and a go-go, baby. Can I hit you with some hot stats about this video game? Yeah, hit me. Hot stats. Hot stats. So, Beautiful Joe came out in North America October 7th of 2003 for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, GameCube came original. Out, it did, yeah. The it was. I, I read that they were like very interested in making it for the GameCube specifically, although it came out for PlayStation 2 not that long afterwards. Yeah. It was made by uh, Clover Studios, which I found out later is an abbreviation of Creativity Lover. Which, really? <laughs> Clover. That's uh, great. It's kind of great. I, I, I didn't hate that at all. Although maybe it should be called Clover, if that's the... Clover. Which is the, the dark, seedy shareware sequel to Glover. I was about to say. <laughs> Clover, um, but with, Glover, but with a thong on. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! Glover. What? Glover with a thong on? That doesn't make you. <laughs> doesn't hurt your brain a little bit. I imagine it's like the sexy Golbat that's going around. Yeah, which is fun, <laughs> but Glover, Glover, Glover with a thong on. Glover with a thong on. <laughs> what? A, <laughs> saying it, saying it over and over again isn't going to change the the image in your brain, Chase. It was really challenging against my ears. It was hard to hear. Okay, so if you. <laughs> If you type in Glover into Google, mm-hmm. you get yeah. about an equal uh, image result of Glover, the game character, and Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish <laughs> Gambino. It's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> Man, they should they should put out Glover, too, and just inexplic- inexplicitly have Donald Glover as the main character running around oh, in the same world. And Danny Glover. And Danny Glover. You need both. I'd watch that. I'd play that game. I'd play the hell out of Glover too. <laughs> Star- starring Donald Glover. <laughs> um, okay. Outside of Glover with a thong on. Okay, so Clover Studios was at the time a subsidiary of Capcom. Mm-hmm. They made such games as Beautiful Joe, Beautiful Joe 2, and the rest of them. There's a handful of other ones in the series. Uh, they made Okami and uh they made god hand they did they had they had some heaters it was it was a very interesting lineup of games that i think all had some kind of like very creative part of them at their core they're creative lovers baby they're there it's it's right there in the name clover 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 2 starring donald clover (laughs) a lot of oh no (laughs) um (laughs) So a, a lot of the people from Clover would eventually get uh, sort of migrated over to Platinum, right? Platinum. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people who were at Clover Studios ended up being at Platinum Games. Also a heater of a studio. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a lot of shit. And I think like connecting those two threads, I think, makes a lot of sense. Like mm-hmm. the combat in almost all of these games was really interesting and felt just really tight. Yeah. Like the the fighting in Beautiful Joe felt really, really good mm-hmm. in a way that like 
Nier does or Bayonetta does. Like a lot of similar DNA, I think, can be found in those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. I, I I wasn't really aware of that, um, that they were of a similar heritage. Mm, it makes sense. It does. It definitely does. I have a review from our friends at Beautiful Joe Video. Beautiful Joe Video. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I have taken their review, which was originally in French, and I have run it through Google Translate, through every languages I can find, one into the other, until I spat it back out in English and have mangled their review for us to enjoy. Um, so let's let's take a listen to what Joe Video had to say about Beautiful Joe back in 2003. Let's hear it. Or four, maybe, because I think this is a review specifically of the PlayStation 2 version. Man, it's an old game now. It's it's pretty old. It's pretty old. So they said, uh, EO has arrived for the PS2 and hasn't lost its appeal. The loss of them all leads to the destruction of their homes. Owl of the Night and the Best Shorts. If you remove this name, you will lose the part of the square that rotates. Important names appear in the library. 85 out of 100 from Joe Video on this one. They like this video game. Can you repeat those last two lines? If you remove this name, you will lose the part of the square that rotates. Important names appear in the game library. Impear. It says I-M-P-E-A-R. Oh my God. <laughs> I think usually, usually Google Translate does a pretty good job of at least making one word a word in the next language that's translating, but I'm not really clear on what impear means. This is something that like a character with like a squid mask would say in like a Hideo Kojima game. Important names impear in the game library. Mm-hmm. Snake. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a line in a Kojima game. There's a lot of lines in Kojima games, so surely they've gotten to this part by now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, David, do you want to explain to me what the hell this video game is? Beautiful Joe was a side-scrolling beat-em-up, with, mm-hmm. which was one of the first, uh, not one of the first, but like one of the best examples of cel-shaded back when it first started to become like a big thing. We've been talking about this recently. There's a lot of cel-shaded games that we've hit on recently. It's true. It, it was a it was a definite fad for quite some time because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it just made things look cool. So it's definitely, it's your, you are brought into a movie world um, yeah. and you have to save your girlfriend who has been kidnapped by the evil character in the movie. Yes. Um, and you get, you are this, you are an average Joe who then mm-hmm. turns beautiful when he gets sucked into the, the movie world. He gets like a little, like, uh, bracelet little that bracelet. allows him to turn into a, a cool character. Yeah. From like, uh, essentially like his hero character, this, this, of the, of this movie franchise that he loved. Like Cap- Captain, Captain Blue, Blue or Captain something. Blue, yeah. I think. Yeah. Captain Blue. And then That's he gives him a bracelet and he has to say, Hinch and a go-go baby. And then he turns he sure into, <laughs> he turns into beautiful Joe and does like a little pose. Wasn't it, wasn't mm-hmm. it like this? Uh, yeah. I, I think it's the, the rock on with the hand, with the finger out. Yeah. Um, and it's very 2000s. Yeah. Then he gets uh, super strength, super speed. He can like reflect bullets back at enemies if he's if he has enough power up or anything like that. But then it just becomes like you can like you can like slow down time to see the bullets. Slow down time out. and dodge them. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets pretty gets pretty stylish, pretty cool, pretty quick. But yeah. It's a it's a it's a pretty good 
side-scrolling beat-em-up with some superhero yeah. ability twists. Yeah, for sure. I think like the game is essentially split up into like, I think it's like seven levels or something like that. And they're pretty, pretty tough. Honestly, like I remember playing a, a lot of them over and over again. Yeah, because, it's not an like, easy game. No, um, I would just kind of get my ass kicked. But each one essentially like you progress through different bosses and eventually, you know, culminating in fighting the final boss or whatever. It's sort of a, uh, uh, a, a fun little note. The uh, director, what is his name? Hideki Kamiya, mm-hmm. um, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's all over this game. Him and uh, Atsushi Anaba, both of them, like they're interviewed all the time about this shit. Uh, but interestingly enough, the uh, director Kamiya said that they based Joe's running animation on how he got to work. Oh my god. <laughs> More interestingly, and specifically about the bosses, he said that uh, the bosses of the game are based on Capcom executives. Which really? So fucking, so fucking That's funny. awesome. <laughs> Just like, like, can you imagine if you all realize, like, oh fuck, this is us? <laughs> Just though you're looking around the room with people like you're the shark, you're the big helicopter monster, like all this sort of shit. <laughs> you're the shark. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Such a treat. I mean, it's probably made them a good amount of money, so they probably don't care. It sold pretty well. Yeah, it was it was kind of not like a, a absolutely gangbusters game, but it yeah. sold pretty well. It was, for what it, it was, was a hit, but it wasn't like a smash hit wasn't huge because yeah. i mean it was on the gamecube when it first released and there wasn't mm-hmm. just many people who had a gamecube so it didn't sell like terribly well which i think is why they ported it to the playstation 2 eventually yeah i think like the the markets are also sort of weird for the gamecube at the time like you have a lot of people who are like nintendo fans and like wouldn't necessarily take a chance on just like some capcom game you know like it's it's a lot of people who are really into super mario sunshine and wind waker and like all that sort of stuff but like, what the fuck is beautiful gel? I don't know. I don't know if I want to get that or not. That's not Nintendo approved. Right. So yeah, no, I I think that's about it. I th- I think it's important to note that like the visual style of the game was like very present in all of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a big part of the game. Yeah, like all of your powers. You know, like when you hit the slow down button, uh, like little uh, what I, I guess like the the top and bottom of the screen come together and it starts to look like the like frames the film, of the movie, the film, uh, yeah, the film frames, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like that, you know, it's, it's a really important part of like just the whole films or the whole video games identity is just like it being in a movie. Yeah. And it has like, um, it has a lot of film grain on top of it. Yeah. Effect. Yeah. When you turn back into, uh, into Joe, after you lose all your powers, uh, it like goes very grainy for a second until you turn back into beautiful Joe, at mm-hmm. which point it like clarifies quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the way the like combat works is like, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than just like a, you know, a, a final fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the enemies will, uh, like essentially show where they're going to hit, um, before they do it. It's like, you know, they're, they're showing like, I'm going to hit high or low essentially. And you as Joe can either like jump up or crouch or whatever, um, to dodge their attacks mm-hmm. and then they'll get like dizzy or whatever. And you have a lot of time to like beat them up. So yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much all of like the, the data around the video mm-hmm. game. I'd say so. Uh, do you want to talk about why this game is good? I have a lot of things. First of all, it's just the style. It's very good. That's the first thing that hits you. Um, yeah. Is, you know, the music, the visuals, the sound effects, everything really just, it's a sensory feast. Yeah. Um, that really sells it as, how it's built you know this stylish action yeah. movie this that this this nerd becomes an action movie hero and lets you live out that fantasy which is pretty cool the combat is tight it's very platforming good, yeah. is good you know it's it's hard but fair mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's ever is like punishing you in particular it's mm-hmm. more like oh i just need to do better yeah. type of type of issue which is always yeah. the hard middle ground that 
a game needs to strike to feel hard but good, good. you know yeah for sure um and i think it does that i think it does that all quite nicely and i totally w- wish that they make a remake one day or yeah just another or just another like version. release it on beautiful the eShop or something so i can play it or beautiful joe yeah 3 for sure or something a, a switch release would be very cool um because i would i would i would play it i would play it again I'd play yeah it again. me too but I think that's the main thing that, that sticks out to me in my memory is the style and the combat, which were both yeah. pretty impeccable in, in my opinion. It, it's, I totally agree. Like the, the combat feels as polished, not like as complicated, but as polished as a platinum game combat can feel mm-hmm. like just to the point where it feels like, gee, this feels so good to play through. I think it's a combination of things like you said it's it's the fairness of it like they really give you a chance to be like the enemy's gonna hit high mm-hmm. you need to dodge right yeah. and if you do they reward you handsomely right like you can really beat these dudes up mm-hmm. i love how when you slow down time i played a little bit of this in the past couple of days but like i love when you slow down time and somebody's like essentially defenseless after they've missed you mm-hmm. Uh, the sound that it makes when you're punching the dudes is so overwhelmingly loud and just like, <laughs> like it's, it's huge. It makes you yeah. feel like you are punching them so hard. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, that is just so incredible. Yeah. And it, it like simulates this part of like action movies where you like where in a movie, you know, you'll like really see like a punch connect or something mm-hmm. like that, or like those old, um, like cartoons essentially, right? Like the superhero cartoons where it like slows down when you hit somebody or there's the big fucking, you know, plow or bam, mm-hmm. uh, comic book panel, but it's just doing that with the sound, which I find like so, so satisfying. Yeah. Not to mention like slow-mo stuff. It, it's an effective way to make slow-mo like is always good in a game when it makes you feel cool. <laughs> yeah. They do this thing too, where like if there's a projectile and you're in slow-mo, mm-hmm. if you just don't do anything, like you're just standing there and, and you're holding the slow-mo button, you'll just dodge mm-hmm. like uh joe will do like a nearly like matrix like dodge where he just like pirouettes around away the bullet. yeah yeah um and like that's just great it looks cool every time it makes you feel like a superhero mm-hmm. like that's that sort of stuff is just great uh the, just to get this out of the way the part that has not like i don't love that is not cool about this game joe joe's not very cool <laughs> beautiful beautiful joe is not a yeah. very cool dude yeah yeah i don't think um, he i don't think he aged very well he's not like necessarily like a horrible person but i'm just like the like nerdy comic book hero like that's that's our boy yeah you know? like yeah. he's not charming in the way that like peter parker is or something like that where like you really empathize with sort of this like indoor kid mm-hmm. he seems like i don't know he looks kind of like fred durst of limp biscuit oh like, god that sucks. He seems like his favorite Weezer album is definitely Pinkerton. Ooh, like, that sucks. My God, Joe <laughs> on blast right now. Yeah, damn. It's it is it, it's a it's honestly a good complaint because Joe the guy doesn't last very long. Beautiful Joe's in there almost immediately. Yeah, it's a different it's like, a different person altogether. Yeah, you don't you don't have to deal with him for very long, mm-hmm. so that's kind of nice. The like structure of the game is pretty typical early video games of like go rescue your girlfriend. Yeah, like fucking okay, like it's it's a it's a little boring it's a little trite not to mention like you know rooted in uh, a a lot of like sexist game design yeah but uh, you know again it's like that that part of it a lot of it is in the setup and i think what's fun about this game is not necessarily the narrative but the like style and the mechanics of it and so um, i think a lot of that is fun i uh I, i looked up a fair bit about this because like there is a lot of like 
written stuff about beautiful joe just because like it's, it's a popular game mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like interviews about it and stuff like that and a lot of them like i found really interesting so one of the uh things i wanted to bring up was that uh hideki kamiya the it, he's credited as, as the creator of beautiful joe mm-hmm. and uh he's he's involved in like all sorts of shit like again just all all over video games that you've played but uh, he gave this uh talk at gdc in 2005 and uh he, he made this really interesting point that I thought was like fascinating. He said that there are three reasons that he sees uh, uh, to making it creative or experimental projects. The three reasons he stated were uh, the projects need to be staff focused, product focused or brand focused products. Like those are the reasons to do a very interesting experiment in video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he pointed to, I think he was uh, involved in the production of Steel Battalion, the like oh, huge the mech, mech game? game where you have like the big fucking controller. Yeah. It's like just a, a wild experiment. Mm-hmm. He called that a product focused uh, game. Sure. Um, I think he would probably agree that like, you know, Wii Sports is a product focused mm. game where like the, the physical piece is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of arcade games could probably be grouped into this where like the the controller and all that sort of stuff is a big part of the game. Uh, and uh, Okami is what he pointed to for a brand focused game where like you're starting to build like this this character that you would want to carry through. Mm-hmm. I think any of the Mario's, the Sonic's, sure. any of that shit yeah. where like the, the brand is a big part of mm-hmm. it. And so it would merit a swing in game design to try and like do something different. And for them uh, specifically... Uh, Beautiful Joe is what he called a staff-focused project. Mm. And so what he was describing is that initially Beautiful Joe was a way to get his team more experience. Mm. Like, have them, like, let's just build a game. I don't necessarily care if this is, like, the smash hit or whatever, but, like, we're focusing on building our team up right now and getting ourselves leveled up in mm. a certain sense. He, I think he used those words at some point. Which I, I just find such an interesting perspective on building, like, a creative work alone, but building a video game, yeah. too. Of, like, we're just going to take this one and, like, you know, we're not expecting to build the next Grand Theft Auto. We're just going to build what we think is interesting and uh, as a way to try and get ourselves better at this. Because, like... it game design is not an easy thing or building a video game is not an easy thing and so it does take experience and so when they would go on the next game they made was okami and so like when they would move on to do that they already had all these people who are like well we've already built a video game we've already built beautiful joe we kind of like know what to expect or we've got all this experience and shit mm-hmm. and like i, I don't know I, I think in a in a very like profit driven and capitalist driven like world of like design and video games it's fascinating to see somebody say like no this is the one where we just kind of took an l from the beginning and wanted to just like level up our people it just so happened that this game is very good mm-hmm. and like they made a very good one and i think that probably speaks to the results of taking your hands off the reins a little bit and saying like just do whatever just get better yeah you know like yeah just practice take take yeah practice take a swing do whatever the fuck you want like you know make a game for sure but like just use this as a way to get better. I think that speaks a lot to like just how creativity works better when you're not necessarily like trying to make money mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. I in playing this game, it 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 feels like a very weird game out of time in a weird way. <laughs> like it's it came out in what did I say 2003. Yeah, it feels like this game could come out today. Like this feels like an indie game that just say, popped it, up on it's Steam. Very indie game. Yeah, and like that's that's so wild to to have something that has. I think you could interpret it as aged well, but I think in another way, it it 
there is a significant amount of creativity in video game, like indie games now, because there can be. It's it's not quite as hard to build a video game from the ground up, you know, like it's it's not quite as difficult to get distributed on Steam or even the Switch mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and so, like, you you can be experimental, but I I don't know, I I, I don't want to uh, like glorify auteurs in video games, but I do really respect the idea of like let's just say fuck it and build what we want to and get our team better. Mm-hmm. Like, let's invest in our people. Yeah. I was reading an interview with uh, uh, Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli. And, um, like his perspective on making movies and shit like that. And it's, it's got a similar vibe to it. Essentially when it was founded and when they were building the place, he was like, you know, if, if at any point this feels bad to you, or if you like, don't feel like we're creatively going in the right direction, quit, you should quit immediately. Mm. Um, because I'm going to do exactly the same thing. Mm. Like I will stop being here when it stops being satisfying. Mm. And I think there's kind of a similar vibe of like kind of putting aside the profit for a second to be like, let's make something really good and uh, create creative, creative lovers, creative lovers. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. And right. everything else will follow. Yeah. And like, you know, that's that's not always true. There's plenty of people who build games that suck and like or you experiment and they're not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's OK. But I think it's like admirable that they said like, no, let's let's try it. Let's let's do this. They made some great games, but they're also not around anymore. Yeah, I, I think that that is also the that end of it definitely speaks yeah. to like what can happen in in this sort of world of like there are times when this kind of creativity is not necessarily rewarded in the way that like I would say it deserves to be, right? Yeah, maybe if they were just, if they existed in, you know, today's indie climate, they'd probably be like a super giant type of situation where they're just putting out these yeah. very interesting, well-made games uh, and yeah. they're able to to do it because, you know, they don't have to recoup the loss of the, recoup the, the, the cost of investment. Yeah, of, yeah. of this huge game. You know, just scale it down a little bit and change your change your profit yeah. so you can actually sustain it. So they think yeah. they're just they're just ahead of their time, honestly, in the way that they were doing it. I know, it. I, I totally agree. I feel like that's always um I don't know. I it's it's hard for me to want to describe something as as ahead of its time because like it's just like inherently no it's not. <laughs> like it came mm. out then. But like I I I, I totally agree that like it, it it the the ethos that they were building on is something that you find more common now. I think the sort of like boldness to go in a, the direction that they were going in it was not common at the time. Like mm-hmm. uh, contextually, there was a huge wave of games that were just like trying to shed their 2D roots, right? Like this is 2003, Mario 64 came out in 1996. Like this is very much still within this time span of like every game has to be you know, Mario 64 or whatever, we have to make the transition to 3D. Yeah. Every prior 2D success game, successful 2D game, has now probably attempted some sort of 3D at this point. Yeah. And like, we must continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't this swing back to like, well, maybe 2D can be its own thing too. Um, it was, everything has to be 3D because that's the way the, the industry is going. And so the, I think like the boldness to say like, no, we're going to be a 2D game in that climate take it takes some guts like mm-hmm. i uh i was reading an interview about it and uh inaba was quoted in an this like ign interview and he was like well it's a 2d game because comic books are in 2d it's like fuck yeah dude like you know your source material like just stick to it you there know? you like, go they uh open and shut case easy peasy pretty much like it doesn't need to be a 3d game mm-hmm. so uh, could 
I guess another like sort of contextualization there. Uh, they both both uh, uh, Inaba and uh, Kamiya had uh, said that this game draws a lot from uh, Takusatsu. Do you know what that is? No, I hadn't heard of this either. It, it's essentially this like genre of like movies and shows and shit that leans a lot on special effects and like big like senses of scale. And so uh, like Godzilla. Power Rangers, Ultraman, like that sort of stuff where like there are big monsters and a dude will turn from a smaller guy into a bigger guy Mm -hmm. at some point. Big robot. Said big monster. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Also the show Common Rider, K-A-M-E-N Rider, which I'm realizing now I'm like, is Moomin Rider a one-punch man just a rip on Common Rider? Definitely could be. I think it is. I think it is. Like their their visuals look really similar. Is a guy riding a bicycle? Um, I don't know if he rides a bicycle, but his, 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 his like suit is just like the inverted colors of Moomin Rider That's from, from One funny. Punch. I know, yeah. Kiro we need, Moomin Rider. Truly, dude. Uh, so anyway, like the, the game took a lot from that half of entertainment and then they tried to like toss that together with like comic books, which I thought was like such a such an interesting and inventive combo. And you can see that, right? Like all the sort of like transformation from like just Joe into like what looks like a power ranger you know like that's that's very interesting there's definitely big fighting robots in this game like it's it's very obvious that they like that but then sort of pulling in the sort of like film influence and then uh the comic book influence of joe being this like you know american superhero sort of thing i don't know i I thought those were just like interesting influences to draw from and sort of try and figure out like where's where's the the where where do these two things meet essentially Mm -hmm. I think it did great. Like even when I was younger, I didn't know that that's where they were drawing influence from. It just felt like this totally original, interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Like all his transformations, I could tell like this is probably playing off some other trope, but I have no fucking clue what it is because I'm 12 and don't don't have any context on the world. Yeah, that is interesting. That's a always I like that. I like that genre. I think just in general, it's a fun genre. The like big monster fighting people. Yeah. Yeah, it's very like. Uh, I don't know. It, it feels very fun and earnest, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you and I both loved Power Rangers when yeah. we were younger. Like, that was our shit. It feels kind of like wholesome action. Yeah, a little bit. It never gets like totally violent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a lot of like blood and gore, but definitely like, let's go beat up the bad guys who are definitely obviously bad guys. Yeah. objectively bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, just a weird sidebar, but like the uh, Joe was originally named Red Hot Man. Really? Yeah, but their name was changed because of copyright conflicts with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Huh? <laughs> they couldn't get away with it. That's funny. Yeah. That well, he's hilarious. not a chili pepper. He's a man. Yeah, Red Hot Man. So yeah, I I I love so much about this game. Like, I think the I I had written down like the story of the game, and it's like fun. It's fine. Yeah. Like it's nothing to write it, home like, about. It's nothing to write home about. I think like Captain Blue is your girlfriend's. Uh, hold on, what's her name? Sylvia. I think Captain Blue is Sylvia's dad or something like that. Mm. And you gotta like go fight him eventually. Like he's the big bad. Yeah. Which is fine. Like it's it's uh, it, it feels like a pulp movie mm-hmm. in that way, which I think is probably on purpose. Like the story is not necessarily the 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 cornerstone of it all. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think, doesn't Sylvia turn into, like, another, like, Power Ranger-looking person by the end of this? Uh, yeah, and she's a playable character in the second one. Which is pretty cool. I was cool with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun having two of them. Um, but, yeah, I think my my podomistic stuff about this and what I what I take away from this is just, like, the the sheer amount of creativity coming out of this studio for this game 
And specifically the ethos behind it, I think was like really admirable of like uh, taking the reins off, just saying, fuck it. Let's make something we want to make it. I, this is sort of a sidebar, but I can't remember who I was was talking to, but somebody was like, well, what do you think of like the games games industry? Like right now, I was like, there are bad parts about it and very toxic parts about it. But like, I see so much creativity constantly. Mm -hmm. Like there are just constantly new indie games coming out where I'm like, I, this is so inventive and so interesting. In a way that's like impressive and inspiring. And I think like this this game feels of that sort of wave of games right yeah. now where it is unbridled creativity. Mm-hmm. It's people really swinging for the fences, doing something different, doing something creative. Now it's just paint by numbers, AAA blockbuster, yeah. annual release of whatever first person shooter, you know? And usually those games that we talk about are not very good. Yeah. <laughs> those are okay games usually, yeah. but this one managed to fucking hit the nail on the head, which I really love. Mm-hmm. No, they... They, yeah, they, this is, this is a game that, <laughs> yeah, it would have gotten bonus points just for the style and everything, Seriously, but actually ended up being a good game too. So well done, beautiful Joe. Yeah. Well done, beautiful Joe. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have anything else to gush about beautiful Joe? I don't think so. I'm good. It's a, it's a fucking good video game. Like it's, it's of the video games that we do in good games. It's worth a play if you have access certain, to it. Like for certain it, it, I, I've played it recently. It has aged mechanically very well it feels very good still it's very satisfying like if they just upscaled it a little bit and put it out on switch i swear this would be a very popular game. oh yeah so yeah good good fucking video game good beautiful joke good video game. beautiful game this segment is so much easier when the game is really good yeah <laughs> there's there's so much to, to talk about super hard no no it's go. right there in the face of it yeah, yeah. Just open my heart open my kingdom heart and six-pack abs come out kingdom heart is beautiful joe <laughs> There's 60 copies of Beautiful Joe. No, there's 51 copies of Beautiful Joe in Kingdom Ooh, Hearts. Ooh, 51's the magic number. <laughs> That's what Jack Johnson was singing about. It's a magic number. <laughs> that was my Jack Johnson impersonation. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I got what you were doing. I can I can put Jack Johnson's backing track behind you and people will understand what's going on. Yeah, thank there. you. Thank you. Make me sound professional. Hit it. Uh, me and David, David and I, we're on Twitter collectively at Podtimism. Um, you can go and talk to us there if you would like to or not. You don't have to. That's not a part of listening to this podcast. That's not part. Uh, not a part of the experience of listening to this one. If you want to help out the show, two great things you can do. Uh, one, you can review it on Apple Podcasts. That's that's an option. You can also like follow us on fucking Spotify or whatever the hell they do. There's there's no way to know the options. You may be able to like subtweet us now on Glover.com. I don't know what's going on out there, man. Glover. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You just, you raised your eyebrow and I knew what you were saying with your mind is <laughs> with a thong on and it hurts me. It hurts me internally. That's always what a Where little eyebrow raise means. Where does it go? He's got legs. Ugh. His dead open eyes are the worst they part are, about They are. They are terrifying. Uh, Glover the character, not Donald Glover. He's a treasure. Sure, sure is. Uh, um, uh, or the other thing you can do if you love the show is to tell a friend about mm-hmm. it. Uh, talk to your your best friend, gamer bud, Ira Glass, and say, hey, Ira, I know you love video game podcasts. Check this one out, too. And he will say, this week, and then he will talk about how good it is. <laughs> That's it's it. A strong flex with your Ira Glass just out there for a brief second. Just a little bit. You just drop like one little bit of the This American Life song. Mm. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets mm-hmm. it. All those NPR heads. 
that's it. That's the that's all of the podcast. David, do you have any gaming wisdom? Uh, yeah. So the true way to be beautiful in this life, yeah, yeah, is to play Smash Bros with your buds. Oh man, true, true. That is how you 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 achieve peak beautifulness. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautifulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's that's, that's it. <laughs> case open. Case play closed. Smash Bros Book with your open. Friends. Book closed. Play Become Smash beautiful. Bros. My uh, goodness. But, you know, only in person if you're vaccinated, please. Yeah, that's a fair point. Don't go hanging out. You can play online, I think. Yeah, you can play online still. That kind of sucks, but like yeah, maybe get vaxxed if you want that problem vaccinated. to solve itself. Maybe wear, maybe, yeah. wear a wa- maybe wear a mask. It's a real treat. It's it's good for your soul. Truly, I felt like I felt filled up emotionally. I felt filled up emotionally and then my eyes were, were crying because I didn't blink. <laughs> I didn't. I stopped blinking. I've developed a bad habit of not blinking when playing Smash Bros. Apparently, and my eyes were on I, fire. You're a, you're a true pro gamer. You can't miss a single my frame eyes in that video. Were game. on fire, dude. It was wild. I haven't had that experience yeah, in a while. <laughs> you looked like you were really going through it. That's what happens when you're a 30 year old gamer. You just get that dry eye. <laughs> just slowly drying out it's, over here yeah no i agree play play smash bros with your friends if you're vaxxed if not don't <laughs> don't play with your friends if not just do better just do better get vaxxed for fuck's sake mm-hmm. so we can all play smash bros together i want the next smash bros to be smash bros battle royale 100 on 100 smash bros not just a hundred people, but a hundred versus a hundred. No, a hundred people. Okay, 100. One, one versus a hundred. Yeah, one hundred uh, team I like, smash. Isn't that what they called in the new one? Uh, I think so. Group, Group smash? smash. Yeah, one hundred. One of these bros. One of these. Uh, yeah, no, I I do want a a big a battle royale. How smash could bros. you? I want how. <laughs> <laughs> like just emotionally or like mechanically? mechanically because you're supposed to How see the whole level you? in a smash bros game so what do you just like just follow your own character yeah no you just got to track which one of the big marios you are <laughs> a nearly unplayable game you're the big mario with the feather in his hat <laughs> got him locked on i got my boy But yours right is there. a blue polka dot feather it's different than all the other colored feathers and different Mario's hats. My Mario's the one got got the golden eye that I got in my chicken coop from my pappy on his head. From my peepums. <laughs> Is this what I sound like to the world? Is this who I am? When you drop some shit like that, it sounds re- <laughs> Real interesting. Sounds, maybe this is who I am. I mean, it's where you grew up. This is the. This is my roots. You grew up chickens, chickens and golden eye. <laughs> chickens and golden eye. <laughs> okay, bye. I right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>